Welcome to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast, where we help you go from making your work your life to making your life work. We share true stories, interviews, and experiences that will help you, the hero, in your quest for passion and purpose. Higher purpose, higher productivity. This is the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast. What is up, purveyors of purpose? I have with me, I'm gonna admit, just someone I'm a fanboy of. I've, I've been watching his stuff and probably uh, reposting, retweeting, and maybe even stealing and taking credit for some of his stuff. Uh, you gotta look him up, definitely on Instagram, definitely in the podcast world. His name is Dan Mason. And uh, he runs one of the best podcasts you're going to listen to out there called Life Amplified. Also, he is the, uh, the founder, creator, uh, and the main guy of, uh, oh gosh, Dan, ah, I'm drawing a blank. Your coaching, uh, your coaching business. Yeah, yeah. I've got a you know very successful coaching business, uh, working with people one on one. I've been I've had the privilege to work with people in fifteen countries, and uh, you know now launching some group programs for twenty twenty as well. So all exciting things ahead, and just really honored and and appreciate the invite and excited to be talking to you. Love it, man. And actually, you made me violate my number one rule. I don't want to know who you are in the beginning. We just want to know what <laughs> you love. So Dan, talk to me a little bit about what you love. What do I love? I love, I love self-expression. I love creating safe containers for people to reach their highest level of self-expression. Uh, I love dogs. <laughs> I love my personal form of self-expression, which is writing songs about my dog. Uh, I do that often, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, for me at the, at the end of the day, it's it's a self-expression game, and just you know, and and stepping into that in a world that really has conditioned most of us to be somebody else in order to survive. Man, there's a lot packed just even in that. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do, Dan. And like, the, well, actually, bring me to 2012 because there there was a moment right of 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 breaking a moment of change in your life. Can you give us maybe the before, the after, and then what was right there in the middle? I'm just going to jump right into it, man. Yeah, let's go into the deep end of the pool. I mean, look, I was a guy that did all the things that were taught would make us really successful. I went to school, I got the degree, I jumped right into a media executive career out of college, spent 18 years climbing the ladder in the radio industry, both as an on-air talent and as a behind-the-scenes executive and got to run really successful radio brands all over America. Uh, got to host national radio shows, interviewing people like Taylor Swift. One degree is not very necessary anymore in the age of Spotify and Pandora. But more importantly, I was changing and my priorities had shifted and I wanted more from life. And I didn't know what that was because all I had known was the thing that I had grown up doing my whole life. I followed in my father's footsteps and recreated my dad's life, but I didn't, I didn't really know who I was. And all of this came to a head in 2012. Uh, you know, my personal rock bottom point, I was overweight, you know, by a good 45 pounds. I was getting divorced from a toxic marriage. Uh, I was battling depression and anxiety. I was using food as a way to cope. I was completely unfulfilled in my career, even though I was making amazing money. 
living in a beautiful house in a gated community. And underneath all that, I was also, you know, battling suicidal ideation because I just, I knew what I did and I had no idea who I was. And that was the turning point uh, for me uh, of really going on a personal growth path. And I'd be lying if I said that I got it all right. You know, I think my answers for a lot of those, you know, from 2012 to 2015 uh, was if I just change things externally, everything will be great. And, and I did. I realized in that moment there is tremendous power. You know, sometimes we think change takes so long, right? We think change is like this thing we got to climb uphill. And change happens the minute you make a new decision. Change happens the minute that you change your standards for your life. Progress can take a little bit of time, but not as much as you think. So from that point in 2012 of literally sitting at the island in my kitchen and, and wanting to write my suicide note, uh, I ended up writing a letter to the universe. And I got really clear about all the things that I thought that I wanted at that point. And within 90 days, I sold my house uh, at the bottom of the market for 50 grand over the asking price. I lost all the weight. I created an entirely new job, still in the radio industry, but moved cross country to the exact city I said I wanted to live in. Um, you know, made all these amazing relationships on the way out because I, for the first time in my life, I learned to be vulnerable and, and to be able to ask for help and support mm. from people. And, you know, went cross country. And, and uh, the funny thing is, is I compare that. And even though all that transformed in 90 days, it was all this external stuff, right? It was like buying one of those fixer upper houses on HGTV that's overrun with mold and being like, well, I'll just slap some paint on it and we'll put some new shutters out front and fix up the landscaping. I looked great. You know, I generally, I felt better, but the house was still inhabited with mold, you know, because my belief was, is that there was no other path to income outside of leaning on corporate America. So I got this bigger job and it was great for about three months until it wasn't. And I wrote out a two-year contract there and I said, man, if I get an even bigger job in a different market for more money, then I'll really be happy. And moved to Tampa, Florida in 2014, took the you know, biggest title, running three radio stations, great financial package. And within three months, I was just completely empty and unfulfilled. And mm. for me, that's when it became not so much an external conversation, about you know what else am I going to change externally? I had to go within, and that was really the big question where I had to figure out: a) do I even have a purpose, and b) what is that, and c) how do I figure it out and bring that forward into the world? And and that was really where the real work began. Losing the weight, you know, getting through the divorce—that wasn't you know that wasn't the real work. I think you know the, the internal purpose of figuring out who I was and who is the man I want to be in the world. That was that was the interesting part of the journey. Man, I, I love Dan. I can't wait to dig into that. And like as you were going through kind of like the the levels, right, of of where you're going through. It's interesting because most of us really don't succeed at that high, you know, at a high level. So it's easy for uh, the world at large for us to say, oh, if I only did this, and, I've, and, I, and it's almost like filled with self-hatred, right? I gotta do this so that I can get here, and then I can get here. And so you saw yourself moving through these, these levels, but it wasn't satisfying. It's like, uh, it's like a greyhound race. And I don't know if you ever seen like the, um, I don't know if I've, 
I ended up at one. Someone in PETA probably is not going to be happy with me. I, <laughs> I happen to have been there. And uh, the, these dogs were racing. It was, it was uh, an electric atmosphere. Yeah. You know what they were chasing? They chased that little electronic rabbit thing around the it track. It wasn't even a real rabbit. It looked no. like a, and, and so like, so many of us, I think we're chasing something and at least it could be a rabbit, but no, it's not even real. Like most, we're, we're chasing that stuffed weird animal and yeah. we're going around in a circle. Like nothing is actually happening, but you, you were looking and saying, just change in the external. Like that, that's me, like the, I, I'm the greyhound. There was like something, something had to chiropractically be put in place on the inside. And, and I want to ask, I guess, Dan, like what, like when you were there, man, like there had to be, was there a specific call to action for you? Was there something, a message inside or from outside that said that this is the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm chasing the air when I'm doing it this way? You know, there was one night I met my buddy Eric out for dinner and Eric worked for a music management firm and, you know, represented a lot of, you know, really big musicians. And we went out to dinner one night and I'd been at the job, you know, maybe 90 days and I meet him at the restaurant and we sit down and he's like, oh my God, tell me all about it. This is going to be great. You know, you must be so excited. And I just looked at him and I felt dead inside. Mm. And I said, Eric, this is my last contract in radio. And I was surprised I blurted that out. I mean, because I, I had no plan moving forward. And, and his response was, well, what are you going to do? So this like, came from your mouth without a plan. That just it, you, you listened, you heard yourself saying this. Yeah. And I told him, I, he's, he said, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea, but I'm going to figure it out. And I delayed and I procrastinated. And then by about April of that year, so that would have been December, if we move ahead like three, four months, by that point, I end up contracting shingles. I was on blood pressure medication. I was only 38 years old. I went to my doctor. I was like, wait, shingles is for old people. Like, why do I have shingles? He's like, what's your stress level like? I was like, through the roof. You know, I, I was miserable where I was. And that's really where I got serious about hiring my first coach. You know, up until then, and I will say, after that thing in December, I had tried some other things. I didn't know. Like, my major in college, I did communications, but I also did acting. So I thought, well, you know, I'll write a Broadway play. And I was like, I, I, I like writing. I like theater. I can write a Broadway play. So I was doing things. Like, I went to a writing workshop around New Year's in New York and realized I had no gift for writing characters or dialogue. As much as I love writing, that wasn't my thing. But in that decision of doing the wrong thing, I ended up networking with somebody at that, uh, at that event who posted a podcast on his Facebook page because we became friends. And that the man who hosted that podcast ended up becoming my very first coach when I reached out in the spring. So, you know, even the wrong action, what you believe is the wrong action, always has a way of leading to oh, brother. the thing. And I think that that's a really important thing for people. So many people stay stuck because they're like, well, I don't know where to start. What, because underneath it, we believe, you know, if I make a mistake, it, I, I am wrong. <laughs> or what if I do the, the wrong thing? That means I'm not enough. And like it's irreparable. Yeah. yeah. And the wrong decision often is the thing that leads you to the right one. Right. You know, at least it gets you moving. Most people are just paralyzed and stuck in the quicksand where they never move. Oh, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather fail and, you know, uh, but fail forward than stay stuck in one place. 
So that was, that was the process. I worked with my first coach. Six months later, um, I came home disgusted from the job one night. And I'd been flirting for a couple months with the idea of launching this coaching business. And I was doing like little free, you know, workshops and meetups through meetup.com. And I came home completely disgusted on a Friday night, had about three glasses of wine <laughs> because <laughs> I was still coping at that point. And I bought my web domain and, and I was like, well, you know, I'll use this in two years. I thought it was on a two year plan. And then I walked into that job the following Monday and my boss and I had a sit down where I, they knew I wasn't happy and I realized they weren't happy and we ended up parting ways the Monday after that. And I walked out of the building and I was like, this is it. I got to go now. Now's the time to leave. And I was terrified, terrified because I had no idea whether, you know, I, as much as I felt called to help other people who were stuck in careers that they hate, I had no idea whether I'd really be able to help them. I didn't know if people would pay me for it. I didn't even have a website. I didn't know how to find clients. I had never, you know, I sort of operated other successful brands, but I never had to put myself out there as a brand. And that was terrifying. Um, but in hindsight, like it was just all divine timing. And, mm. and I think sometimes you make, once you make a committed decision, for me, buying the web domain was the committed decision. And then the universe said, no, move forward now. And I did. I, I love that. So like, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I just even, and, and I want to dig into the coach thing too, because mm -hmm. I, I do believe uh, we do need someone external from ourselves, right? To, to get to where we're going, or at least to accelerate that. But, but the idea, Dan, that, that it, was, it wasn't the strongest of action. Buying a web domain isn't like this, the hardest punch, right? It's just sure. like, but an action. And it wasn't the most knowledgeable of actions. And, and even so in, in doing your Broadway, right, it's, it's you taking a stab into this. So I've heard you say before that when you take one step towards your calling, towards your purpose, that the universe is taking three steps towards you. And that's what I'm sure. hearing here. And I'm wondering if you can encap encapsulate that, maybe just an encouragement to another who's, who's looking. They don't know where to begin. Yeah. Everybody wants the perfect answer. We want to know. It's so funny. People are like, Dan, well, you know, oh, Dan, I am ready to be courageous. Now, as soon as I know that this, I've got the perfect idea and I'm gonna make the perfect amount of money and nobody's gonna think I'm an a-hole and my family won't disapprove and my friends won't abandon me and I'm guaranteed that I don't have to step back financially for a period of time, then I am ready to be courageous. Well, and I'm like, courage. well, you know what? That, that is not courage. <laughs> and, and that's most of us think we need perfect clarity before we begin. And you only find the answers to any of those questions once you start. Mm. So, you know, the, the, the courageous action has to be the first thing. It, mm. that, that is what will create the vision. You can always go pivot later. Um, but it, and that's what it was every step of the way. I'm going to this writing workshop. Okay. I don't even know why I'm in the There's a bunch of real writers in this room. I'm not here. Why am I, you know? But it's, it's been a series of just, you know, making sometimes the wrong decisions. Uh, and eventually it led me to the right ones. Mm. And, and here I am. I mean, I'm, 
over four years in on my entrepreneur journey. I mean, four years, uh, it was four years in October I celebrated. And I was like, man, that is 104 pay periods mm. of being able to support myself, being able to pay the bills without leaning on some corporation to provide for me. And even leaning on a corporation to tell me what I can earn. Because, you know, I've been fortunate the past two years. I've made more than I did in a pretty lucrative career um, that I was in. And, and I've made that following my purpose. Hey, thanks for being someone who is on this journey of purpose with me. And I am with you, my friend, and I've got something for you. Have you ever been moving towards purpose and sometimes it just looks like a big mess? Sure you have. We all have. And the reality is, is we're usually not going to get to a destination unless we have a roadmap. And that's exactly what I've created. If you will go to PurposeDrivenExecutive.com, you can get it for free. And this is the culmination of all of my studies, all of my coaching, all of even my own personal living. And I've created a very visual, very easy way for you to map out your purpose. This is for you. This is for people you're leading. This is for your family. Go on over right now, purposedrivenexecutive.com and get your free map of purpose. Dan, I, I, I love that. And in just a little while, I really want you to speak to uh, those who are, who are considering that or even those who have, who have crossed the line, but it's almost like it's, it's like they're trying to repeat what they left. And, um, and I love the fact, Dan, that you, you've actually, uh, you've embraced not just, hey, here's, here's what I do, but there's also a how, and I don't mean just like a how by step one, step two, step three, even though there is that. It's a how of what, like, what aligns with what your heart is, what you want to see, and you've accomplished some pretty big dreams. And I know that you're like, obviously, you know, we're always going towards something, but, but tell us a little bit about your your journey towards where you're at right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny when I started my podcast, Life Amplified in 2017, I interviewed a, a man by the name of Chris Lee. Um, he's Lewis Howes' personal coach, or at least was at some point, if you've ever listened to the School of Greatness. And I went down to Miami and I interviewed Chris Lee, which is funny because Chris is just, you know, super energetic guy. He was interviewing me more than I was interviewing him. And we talked about like, what's the 10 year plan? And at this point, my business wasn't really make, I mean, I'm going month to month in my business, you know, so it hadn't really taken off. Um, I think I just had my first month where I had matched my old corporate income for a month, but I had dug myself into a pretty big hole in that first year and a half, two years. So my biggest vision was just, man, if I could just equal the amount of money that I made in corporate, you know, living in California, living on the Pacific Ocean, being able to walk, look out at the ocean while I coach my clients. And if there was just some way my message could reach 10 million people, that to me, that was the biggest number I can imagine. I was like, that would be a, that would be a life well lived. Like I would feel like I had really done something. And that was my 10 year plan. I was thinking 2027, that's where I'd be. And you know, I think two months after that, I debuted my podcast. It debuted number one globally on Apple. Uh, I started booking media appearances on pretty big nationally syndicated radio shows. 
and I did an appearance uh, in 2018 that I knew was going out to like 80 cities. But I looked at the producer when it was over. I was like, so how many people? He's like, yeah, about 10 million. I was like, oh, so we just reached that in one morning. I was like, okay, got to raise the bar. And I'm talking to and I'm talking to you right now, you know, living on the beach and, and looking out literally out my window at the ocean. And, you know, that's all. By the way, in 2017, I thought that was the prize. I thought getting those things was the prize. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not the real prize. The minute, you know, you, you reach the external goal, typically you just want to move the bar and, and, you know, move the goalpost further back and set a new goal. The real prize and all of it is the man I had to become in order yes. to get there. Yeah, it's just like those things externally, that's the evidence, right? It's, uh, it's proof in some ways. So, so, oh no, it looks like we froze. Hey Dan, we froze. Oh, there we go. We froze up. We're back. Yeah, we froze. That was pretty. You had a great expression on your face, though. Oh, good. <laughs> it was wonderful. So, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I was only saying that the, that the things that you're that you're mentioning, it's it's just it's evidence, right? It's a it's a it's a residual. Talk to me a little bit about. Um, well, first, I'd love to hear the impact that coach like like you got. You had a coach. I'm sure you've had multiple. I'm sure you do it now. Um, you, 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 you are a coach, so I'm, I'm assuming that you, you have a coach. And so talk to me about the impact and the role that these extra, the voice of these external guides have had upon you, whether it's releasing you for, you know, to have permission to do things or I, I don't know, like, sure. How important I, is um, you know, it, it's interesting. My first coach, I didn't even realize at the time. You know, when I first reached out to him, I'm like, this guy is like eight or nine years younger than me. How does he understand my life? Like, you know, how, how's this guy going to help me? And what was interesting is he was the perfect coach that I needed at that time. We really honed in and got clear on my purpose. He was doing an affiliate program for a digital course from a big name in personal development. And because when I got into, co- by the way, when I hired my coach, I never believed that the end game would be me being a coach. If you had right. told me that five years ago, I would have burned you at the stake for witchcraft. Like, I never would have believed that. Um, but he was doing this affiliate program for a spiritual entrepreneurship course. So I took the digital course uh, through Gabby Bernstein. And that's when I started to be like, well, maybe, maybe I could make money helping other people. Maybe there's a way I could take what I'm learning and help other people. And... I remember I emailed Gabby the day that I had walked out of that job for the last time. And I told her, I was like, look, I was like, I'm in a parking lot. I might throw up. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I it just walked away from an 18 year career and I don't know what to do. And her response was just really simple. She just wrote back. She said, congratulations. The universe has released you from this job so you can be the man that you're really here to become. And I was like, okay. So I was like, not, I mean, it was comforting for two seconds, right? And then I went right back into the fear and panic. Um, but here's the interesting thing at that point, because I had enough money in the bank when I left corporate where if I didn't make a penny for nine months, I was okay. I knew that I'd be able to live. And most people are like, oh, well, I need to save more money before I can really leap toward my dreams. Eh, not so much, because having that money in the bank also was a security blanket. I don't really have to show up. 
I mean, I could write this blog post and put it on my little Facebook business page with 32 followers who are all my friends, but I don't have to put that on my page because people might think what I'm doing is weird. I was using that to hide, right? And on top of it, I quit investing in mentorship after I started my business because I was like, well, I got to save my money. And, you know, once my business is making like 10 grand a month, then, then I'll start, you know, investing. And that almost bankrupted me mm. because, you know, I was getting some clients, but, you know, I was making two, three grand a month and certainly not the income that I was used to. And I kept dipping into savings and I stretched out that nine months of funds for about 15, 16 months until I was down to my last few thousand dollars and there was nothing in reserve. Um, and that was the turning point when I realized I can't do this alone. I've never done this before. Why would I ever think I'd be able to do this alone? Uh, and that's when I signed up with another mentor. I, you know, I, I did a year-long program, a group coaching program with Mastin Kip. Um, that literally the investment on that was four or five times more than what I had in the bank. Mm. I knew that I had like enough money to pay for maybe the first two or three months of the program. And then after that, one of two things was going to happen. I was going to up level or I was going to go bankrupt. And I figured either way, I'll be okay. I'll figure it out. You know, I just had faith that I would figure out the situation. And I made that investment. And it was, the investment was more than my car. Like, and I was driving a pretty good car back in corporate America. Um, I made that entire investment back in 90 days. And so like, again, that power of 90 days always shows up. Made that investment back in 90 days. I put my podcast out there. Then it went number one on Apple. And then another 90-day cycle after that, I made more money in a month than I made in my first year as a coach. And, you know, again, like that was the rocket fuel was really, it was stupid for me to, to try to do it on my own. And wow. it was just a pattern of avoidance. Because it was always like a part of me, and that was something else I had to heal on the journey, was thinking, I can't rely on other people. I got to figure it out myself, mm. you know, which is a, a big avoidant pattern, depending on what your level of, you know, at attention and, and, and care that you got from your caregivers growing up. Um, but that's a big thing that keeps people stuck is the screw it, I'll do it myself. Good luck with that because <laughs> nobody gets there alone. Uh, so we're, yeah, I mean, like we're, we're all on a journey. We all need help getting to where we're going. Right. Uh, and I, I, I love this quote. You've come back to it a couple of times. The I'll figure it out. And I think, I think in the beginning, I, like that can be helpful. Right. Cause you, you combine that with like, you know, I'm just going to make a decision. Like it's like doing like the uh, Teddy Roosevelt, right. Doing, doing the right thing is the best thing, doing the wrong thing is the next best thing, doing nothing is the worst thing. And you, you, you at least did one of the first two, but I'll figure it out, gets you to a point only so far. And yeah, uh, yes, you will figure it out and you will not figure, you will not figure it out on your own. That's the difference, right? And a good coach, by the way, isn't going to tell you what your path is. I never had a coach early on in that process that said, Dan, you should really consider becoming a coach. They just asked the questions for me to go within and figure that out for myself. And there's a lot of coaches out there, particularly in the career world, that are like, hey, just take this Scantron test and it will spit out what you should do based... And I, look, I, I'm not even making fun of that, right? Those people, I'm sure, get results for their clients. But most of the people that come to me 
have been spending their lives following a path that somebody else told them that they should want. They either did it because they followed in, the fam in a family business, they followed their parents' advice on what was, air quote, safe and secure. Mm. Sometimes they had a boss at a company that they kind of fell into who told them what their career trajectory should be. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem in the first place. When we talk about self-expression, you know, which is my go-to, it's you expressing your highest self and, and not taking the prescribed path that somebody else told you you should want. All right, so I, I've got a couple of things I'm gonna throw at you. And in one of those, like as you were talking, it made me remember the intense, overwhelming amount of fear that I had, oh, about well, almost a year ago, as I was, I was, I was, as I was leaving a non-corporate job, but, one, like, but just stepping out into something that was totally on my own. Sure. And, and I remember it was, it was reverberate. I think it was like, it's what a, a druggie must go through when they're going through withdrawals. <laughs> like it was, it was that intense. And I'm sure like, like I'm, I'm hearing, I heard those echoes of fear come up. How, like, how did you get through that? What do you tell people that you're taking through that journey? And you know, they're going to, they're going to see that they're going to sense that they're going to feel that. What do you say about that boogeyman? About just overcoming the fear? Yeah, I mean, like the fact that it's it's going to show up. I mean, how did it show up for yeah. you? And in, in, in it how still shows up. I mean, I, I, trust me. An amp when I talk about an amplified life, it's not one without fear. That's not that fear is going to show up at every new level. And there are times, even in my business now, where I do things where I'm terrified. The amplified life is just feeling the fear and taking the action anyway. And not being owned by the fear. That's good. Yeah. And, and trusting, again, you know, a lot of this is trusting your own intuition, which most of us are told not to, literally. I mean, think about this, Donnie, from the time we are children. You're told you're wrong. You're told, oh, my God, you know, get off the monkey bars. You're going to fall and break your arm. Oh, yeah. Or you're told, oh, my God, go hug your uncle. Even if, you know, hey, that uncle's a little creepy. I don't want to hug it. No, you go over there. We're like conditioned to as a child starts to set boundaries early on and maybe you don't want to go mm. hug your parents when you're five years old you're establishing your boundaries and then a lot of times people are like well don't you love your mother or father these are like the subtle little things that happen and by the way doesn't mean anybody's got bad parents these are just the things a lot of times parents do and but in that we're sort of conditioned don't don't listen to your own instinct, you know, that boundaries are not okay. You should do the right thing. You should please other people. So that's the real work in it is really just overcoming that conditioning and tuning mm. back into your own internal guidance. Because, you know, people are like, how do you know that you made the right decision? I don't know if it's an, if it's an intuitive yes and it scares the living hell out of you. <laughs> It's usually the right decision. It's the one that's going to force you to grow. That is so cool, man. And a part of a part of your journey that um, that I think is important uh, to accentuate here is the who, uh, not the rock band, the who, but like like your who, because it felt like you broke free, and just like Sojourner Truth, right? You you went back to go free some other people, right? It's like you you saw the way out and. You describe the, um, I, I guess the guy that's that's going through the motions, right? The forty-seven hour a week guy. Yeah. 
talk to me about like how how did you how did you figure that part out because it's not it is your gifting but it has to be connected with a who right yeah i mean you know i think the moment for me i was sitting in a meeting still at the corporate job toward those last couple of months uh, where they had our HR person presenting the results of that Gallup employee engagement survey because we had really? taken that survey as a company. We were required this to from take your it. Corporation. This is yeah. awesome. So they came in and, you know, which, by the way, funny story about that. Um, during that last conversation with my boss, they would break out our internal results. Like they couldn't look at individual results, but they would break it out by like senior management. I was the only senior manager that was different from when they had done it two years before. And the senior management engagement scores had really gone down. So they kind of like roundabout used that anonymous survey as a way to come after me about, well, we don't think you like your job. And I'm like, well, yeah, how could anybody like it here? This is the most linear corporate place ever. <laughs> um, I don't think I said that per se, but, but anyway, they showed the results up there where they put the national average up, which is like 70% of people are disengaged at work. And that was the aha moment for me because I realized I had carried so much guilt and other people made me feel guilt and shame for being unhappy. You know, my dad was well-meaning, be like, well, you don't work that hard. You know, the men filling potholes on the side of the interstate, they work hard, you don't. You should be grateful for what you have. My girlfriend at the time, you know, I don't understand what the problem is. You get to go to concerts, you meet celebrities, what do you want great? And it, those things were all cool, but it just wasn't aligned for me. Mm. So I had so much guilt that I was like this ungrateful jerk wow. who didn't appreciate the what I had been given. And the minute I looked at that figure that 70 people, 70% of people are disengaged, I was like, oh my God, it's not just me. And that was the first moment where I was like, if I can figure this out, there's got to be a way I can help these other people. And that was, I, I think that was the genesis when the seeds were planted. And I hadn't figured out the problem for myself yet, but that was when I really started to understand that maybe I could just take the things that I'm learning and use this to serve others. Love it, man. And th there's something that um, I would say one of the first things that, that drew me to your content as I was uh, just looking at it, consuming it, listening, uh, was it wasn't your dogs. It was, the, <laughs> it was, it was your connection of work and purpose. Yeah. And, and the, there are, I don't know, it's, it's what the school of thought is work your butt off, right? We hustle like Gary Vee mentality, right? Hustle, hustle, hustle. So you can, so yeah. you can do this other thing in this little corner of your life. And most people, they maintain that they, they start this new addiction, this new pattern. And they just, they, they, they live for the weekends. They live for this, for, for the wine, the beer, when they're sitting on their couch at home. But, but you really seem to like, can, can you share with me a little bit of the message of how work and, and the work that you're doing and what you're doing with your livelihood, how that's connected to purpose? Because I think you have a lot to say about that. Oh, look, your job is not your purpose. My purpose is not to be a coach. My purpose is not to be a podcaster. Uh, it, it is the, that, those are the vehicles through which I live my purpose. Other people believe mistakenly that their purpose is to be a spouse, to be a parent. And it's none of those things. Your purpose is not something that exists outside of you. Mm. And that's the biggest problem. Your purpose is not something that can be taken away from you. 
Yes. You know, if you think of like the people, you know, some of those poor guys from Lehman Brothers back when the market crashed and Lehman Brothers went under, oh, yeah. there were dudes throwing themselves out of 40 story windows in Manhattan and plummeting to their death because they were no longer Wall Street people and they thought they had no purpose anymore. You know, I've had the privilege of working with people who've lost a child and they believe that they had no purpose because they're not a parent or they become empty nesters later in life. My mm -hmm. kids are grown up. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. So if it, your purpose can't be tied to anything that you could lose. Like if I somehow, you know, cancel universe, cancel universe, I'm not putting this out there, but you know, my throat got crushed and I could never speak again. Does that mean I've lost my purpose because I couldn't talk to people and coach mm. them? No, it's an internal, it's an internal force. But the problem is, is most of us spend our lives chasing an external thing. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're looking for a job that will give us purpose when in fact the, the real work is to identify what your purpose is and then find the job that aligns with that. And it doesn't always mean entrepreneurship. I don't think everybody is cut out for entrepreneurship. Thank this you. is not the best road for everybody. Sure. There's a lot of that talk and self-help about laptop lifestyle and blah, 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 blah. That's not, look, if you got four kids at home, it's not necessarily the right path for you, but you can latch on to a company that aligns with your values and you can figure that out. But purpose is just generated internally and your job becomes the vehicle through, through how you share it with the world. And most of us, you know, it, it, because really, if you're thinking about it, why do we set any goal that we have? Most people are like, oh, to have something to aim for, have something to accomplish. Yeah, but what happens when you accomplish the thing? Right. You just set a new goal. There's never an arrival point. So we set goals because we want to feel. And once you know what the emotions are that drive you, that's all purpose is. You know, it's an internal state of emotions that you generate and then give to the world through your service. So, but most of us, when we talk about emotions, we know the emotions that we had to feel growing up to get praise or approval. We know how we had to show up to fit in at school and who we had to be and what we were supposed to feel to fit in. We know what emotions that, you know, kept us safe in romantic relationships. And somewhere along the way, we lost connection to what it is we really want to feel and, and what drives us. And that's the real switch for people. I think once you, once you stop, you know, looking to consume your emotions from the world through the next pay raise or through the, you know, the approval or the next relationship or from your parents uh, and get clear on what drives you internally, then you can start to think, what is the career that's going to help me feel more of this? And how can I share this with other people? Dan, thank you for going all the way back and smashing the thing that became a cage for us when we were wee little lads, right? Where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what you feel. Kind of like what you were talking about. Go, go, um, go kiss your, your grandma's mustache or your, your weird uncle or whatever it is. Like, disregard that. You go here. But, but the reality is, is what you're saying is to find those, like, I don't know what you call those, like the, the base emotions or the things that you would, that you would seek after. And then yeah. align, like, what is the picture that actually connects with those? Or So let's just say I, we did that. What, what do you feel like is the next step after? After can... identifying the emotions, mm -hmm. figure out what's going to help you feel that way more often. 
and how you want to share that with other people. Now, you know, I, I, that's, and by the way, I know that that's a bit of an abstract answer, right? Because again, we're so conditioned to be like, well, you know, we want the step-by-step -step process to yeah. do it. And the process is going to be different for everybody, but it really is. It's identifying how you, what it is that drives you, what emotions drive you, yeah. what helps you feel that way. And then once you can align that with what are you good at and what serves other people, like what does the world need, then you'll get there. The things that I do in my business are really aren't that much different than what I spent almost two decades doing in radio. What did I do in radio? I created content mm. on a regular basis. I managed staffs. I helped them set goals. I helped them remove obstacles to reaching the goals. I held them accountable to follow through. So, you know, I was a manager. I was a motivator. I was a leader. You know, I was a writer. I was a speaker. Uh, you know, in many cases, because I dealt with creative people, um, it, there was an, an element of nurturing creative people and kind of being the amateur shrink for them. Those are all the same things that I do as a coach, except now I get to do it in a way that's aligned with who I truly am and not the person that I had to be or that I believed I had to be to be loved, approved of, and you know, just to even be seen and heard in the world. I love that. So I, I know you work, Dan, with, with a lot of people who are let's just say exiting, right? Like they're, they're, they're hitting the same button that you hit. They're taking the, the red pill or the blue pill, whichever one in the matrix, right? That, yeah. uh, that allow them to see the truth. They're doing, they're doing this with themselves. And, uh, and, and they exit, they go through that, the birth canal of fear, right? And, and, and that, that wonderful tunnel and, and they're into, um, now they're, into the, maybe it's entrepreneurship, maybe they're, they're, they're finding or, or searching for something that is in alignment with them that's often a messy place. Mm -hmm. So I want, you to, I want you to talk to that person a little bit. Again, this is, the, this is that person who's the switcher or they, like, they know that they should be switching. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about when we get to the dark night of the soul, right? It's what that really is. And I heard Michael Bernard Beckwith talk about this one time because it's the in-between. We're, we're, we're being pulled by a new vision for mm -hmm. our lives but we're, we haven't become that person yet. However, we know that the person that we've been for the last 10, 20, 30 plus years isn't really who we are. Mm. So that's the identity crisis of, um, you know, who am I? That is the proverbial midlife crisis, right? This is when people look for it in getting the new sports car or the convertible or buying the new home or, you know, finding a new relationship. We're looking for it out there, but it's all internal, you know, and it's really all that process of becoming, you know, like yeah, I always think nature gives like the, the, the most beautiful examples, like a lobster, you know, continues to grow yes. from an early age, but the shell doesn't. So eventually the lobster has to drop down to the bottom of the ocean and hide under a rock to shed the old shell and grow a new one that it can grow into. And then it comes back up where it can, you know, where it's safe and it can just get about the business of being a lobster. So that's the hard part is letting go of the old shell 
your and because so many of us our identity is tied up in what we do not who we are it, and, and it's interesting right you, you if you can if you can grab hold of who you are out of that emanates everything else that, that's actually where all of these things that we really truly want are, are, are coming from take me to i want your i want your best elton john story your favorite elton john story and i haven't i haven't heard this for real but I, i've heard that um that elton john before he was elton john uh he played in a blues band called bluesology and he was known by no one right and it was it was the moment where he tore that down and became something new that um that really is, he's given the gift uh of his of his music and lyrics and all the great things that he's given to the world um give me an example of someone you've seen cross from it doesn't have to be from obscurity to fame but just just from from one place to another uh in terms of myself in terms of a I've client heard your, we've heard of, we heard a little bit of your story yeah. but yeah, just someone you work with i know that you've had you have some great stories you the names can remain anonymous to protect I mean, the innocent yeah, so many. Uh, you know, I had the privilege of working with a multiple gold medal winning athlete who came to the end of her professional career because of injuries. Same thing, you know, like, well, oh my God, if I'm not doing this thing that I've literally trained at wow. since I was since I was a teenager, since I was a child, who am I? And by the way, you know, she had shared, and she might have shared this on my podcast when we talked at one point, winning the gold medal, she stood up there and got the gold medal, and she, was, she wasn't even fulfilled by it. Mm. She's like, this is it? Like, she thought that that was going to be the finish line. Um, but helping, you know, guide her through a process of figuring out how she wanted to serve and, and get out of a post-athletic corporate career and figure out her next move. You know, she's been able to do that. Uh, also just everyday people, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, I love the people who are working at like the prestigious company and they know that it is slowly sucking away their soul and they want more and they don't know if they can have more, but getting the emails like a year, a year and a half later of, Oh my God, I'm able to work from home. I'm able to raise my daughter. I'm able to set my own schedule. You know, I'm free and none of this would have happened if we didn't do the work and, and not that, I, you know, I'm just there as a way shower. You know, people can choose to walk the path or not. I'm not taking credit for it because ultimately the client has to be the one to implement and put into action. Um, there's so many uh, that when I think back on it, um, what are some of my others? What are some of my other favorites? That was, that was, um, that was a good one. Yeah, trying to. I'm trying to do this in a way that protects people's anonymity. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. That's 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 fine, man. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, people come to me in one of three places. They either want to pivot in their existing career and find a new role where they're at that makes sense for them. There are people that want to just transition into an entirely different career, and then there's people who've gone the route that we have, and they just want to become their own boss. Mm. And all three, you know, I've seen all three of them do it. There was a client of mine who left her corporate architecture job, was terrified, and within 30 days of her business was making her first 10 grand month out earning what she was earning, doing the same work for another company. Mm. And now I think she's doubled or tripled the income, traveling the world with her husband, training for marathons, and living life on her terms. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's about you finding the path that's right for you. 
I've never told a client ever in, you know, almost five years of doing this, what their path is, because that robs you of figuring it out for yourself. And that's where the real joy is. That is so good. I always tell people if I'm doing my job right, uh, you're not going to learn anything new. I'm just going to help. I'm going to reveal things that you already knew to be true. And I think yeah. that's the, you know, the reality is that the teacher is definitely with them. All right, man, we are, we are definitely, uh, I have so many more things to ask you, but I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, two more questions and we're going to round it out. First off, sure. tell us a little bit about, I know you have um, something going on with Sarah Riley. She's someone who's been on the show. She's awesome. I've had a lot of positive feedback about her time on the show. I know yeah. you two are doing something collaborative together. Can you share with us about that? I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to get this out before 2020. Uh, sure. So share a little bit of what you guys have going on. Uh, Sarah's fantastic. Sarah's, you know, my uh, business partner. We've teamed up to create a group coaching program called Wavelength, uh, which is really about just, you know, one of the biggest things that holds people back is you're surrounded by all the naysayers who tell you that you can't do your dream, or you're surrounded by people who just aren't living or operating from the same reality that you are. You want to step into a higher level, and a lot of times our social circles are still playing small and your nervous system will calibrate to that that's why we hear so much in personal development that who you hang out with is who you become so sarah and i wanted to create a container that gives you two high level coaches so not just one also creating a supportive uh, a supportive community of like-minded peers so we can do all the deep internal work that we talked about today. You know, we just did our first bonus call for the program, which would be available as a recorded module for anybody who joins when they hear this called Move From Your Purpose. Uh, and, you know, we were able to help people get clear and create their purpose statement for their life. Uh, but really the work that Sarah and I are going to be doing is just releasing all those subconscious blocks, helping you, you know, recode all the programming of who you've been conditioned to be in the world so that you can truly experience life with more freedom and fulfillment and meaning, uh, being yourself on your terms. So super excited about that. Uh, we're, you know, that's going to be an ongoing 12 month a year program. And then of course, I've also got my one-on-one -on -one clients, uh, you know, for people who like a more personalized experience. We dive in one-on-one -on -one and uh, you know, we do the work. We get you clear on your purpose. We identify and remove the subconscious success blocks that are keeping you stuck uh, so that you can massively accelerate your results. And uh, then of course, if people, you know, just looking for something, uh, you know, just looking for some more free content, they can always check out my podcast, Life Amplified. We're about 85 episodes in. I think there's probably over 60 hours of content up there with interviews and People are welcome to check that out as well. I would love to, you know, connect with your listeners. Love it. There we have it. Dan Mason, accelerance, catalyst, leader of creative soul coaching, podcaster at Life Amplified, which you need to check out right this second. Oh, thank Dan, you. Thanks for rocking the house today, brother. My pleasure. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me.